Welcome to the Class X Podcast, a podcast that looks at independent perspectives in American culture. I'm your host, Shukri. Today, I'm going to focus on one of my favorite shows. I'm going to review all creatures, great and small, talk about some of the big themes that I, I see on the show. Um, if you're a history buff, you'll probably like it because there's a lot of 20th century, early 20th century history. I talk about that, but I also talk about the evolution of this show because it starts off as a show that focuses purely on local issues and and it's very warm, very village-like, you know, like a lot of the uh, Masterpiece shows. It has a lot of those themes. And to me, it's Masterpiece at its finest, really is, because it's just so well done. I can't really say anything else. It's just really, really well done. If you like the Masterpiece model, this is an amazing show to watch. You should definitely check it out. But it is evolving it's focusing more on uh, World War II and season three. And I asked a question like, you know, as a viewer, what happens when the show sort of changes its tone? Because like my wife and I were talking about it as we're watching the 1930s as history teachers, we're both history teachers and we're like, okay, uh oh, here comes World War II. Cause you know, the tone's gonna change, right? And you go from this playful, beautiful show to possibly the horrors of war. And we got a little bit of that in season three because there's some flashbacks to world war one i did appreciate the flashbacks but i have to admit the tone changed and it's a little bit disorienting for the viewer when a show does that i think it's a gutsy move but i'll I'll talk about that in the podcast a little bit and i wonder what you think you know when a show changes its tone sometimes you learn a lot from it though so maybe it is maybe it's a good thing another good thing about this show is it's, it's based on a memoir so the main character is a guy named james harriet and he is an actual person in real life. I don't know if his name is really James Harriet or if that's the name in the in the memoir, but he's a real person and that gives the show an authenticity that I think a show would lack if it wasn't based off of um, a real memoir. So that's a really nice element of the show. And the last thing I'll say is, What I really appreciate about this show, which I think you will as well, is that you get multiple perspectives on many, I guess you could say turn of the century issues that were facing local rural areas. Specifically, how do you treat animals? How do you treat them if they get sick? How do you treat them um, if they're being kind of aggressive all sorts of issues that if you're not living on a farm you don't even realize but this show really covers it and it does so by giving multiple perspectives of course as a modern viewer you're 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 rooting for and you are appreciating and valuing the 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 more humane modern approach which typically focuses on medicine but and this is what i love about the the show is that it doesn't judge the farmers that much it does sometimes but a lot of episodes really empathize with the the plight of the farmer and i think that's important because these are people they live their own lives they were raised in a certain way it's good to know the context of how they viewed things and you know with everything it takes some time reform takes time it's a slow slow process and a lot of times we forget that uh, but this show reminds us of how, you know, the, the farmers in this case, they're humans. 
they really care about their animals but sometimes they just had the wrong methods and it's okay to to look at that and and understand that as part of the process so thanks for listening to the classics podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode on all creatures great and small please share the podcast with a friend if you haven't yet if they like tv sports film books various articles in our culture this is the uh, podcast for them hopefully so thanks for listening to the classics podcast i'll see you after the music Welcome to the Class X Podcast, a podcast that looks at independent perspectives in American culture. I'm your host, Shukri. And today, I want to discuss one of my favorite shows, All Creatures Great and Small. I've talked about this show a few times, but I've never podcasted about it. And so the third season just finished. It's, it's now complete. And so you can go back and watch all three seasons. I've seen them all. And the show continues to entertain me and my family, which is, I think, unique. Shows don't tend to appeal to different levels, right? Children, adults, 20, 30-year-olds. You know, it's just, it, they don't do that anymore. Everything is so focused on, you know, this show is for a five-year-old. This show is for a 10-year-old. It's it's challenging to find a show that appeals to everybody. But this show does it, and that's part of the reason why I want to review it. It's a real family show, and you don't see that. You just don't see it anymore. So, when it comes to escapism, yeah, this is a topic I'm kind of fascinated by. You know, people, they want, want different things. Some people love uh, scary movies. Other people want a critically acclaimed film, especially right now with the awards season coming. I kind of have an eclectic taste. I like a little bit of everything. But if I was going to choose one style, one genre, a show like All Creatures would be the, the, the exact genre for me at my age. You know, when I was like in my 20s, Definitely something like Breaking Bad was the show I would go to. Lots of drama, uh, lots of conflict, show that makes you think, which All Creatures does, by the way, too. I still love shows that make me think, and obviously, I, I, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm really into Game of Thrones, that whole saga, House of the Dragon. But as I age, I do like shows that are kind of feel-good, probably comes with you know, you just want a break. You want something that makes you feel good. You don't want to have to jump into, as, as a viewer at least, jump into conflict. I mean, we get enough conflict in the news, right? So we don't need that. We want something to feel good. And this show is that. It's warm, beautiful, really playful at its core. So that's one of the re reasons why I love this show. And it also is, like the successful shows of the past, it has that slow burn type of type of nature to it uh, characters develop slowly the conflicts are typically light there is conflict but they're light so the show never feels too intense you know many shows I, I would say most even go for the big conflict right the big conflict is key you, you're almost watching and, and waiting for the conflict if things go too smoothly you're wondering you're waiting when's the conflict gonna come you're kind of anxious about it but this show, All Creatures, it changes that. The model is a little bit different. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, there is conflict, but it tends to be light, and it's not necessarily center stage. I kind of wish 
writers would examine the all creatures style that approach it, it keeps it keeps the audience engaged it keeps me engaged you know through this combination of some conflict slow character development but also warm relationships and love and that is something that's definitely missing in a lot of shows i, I like i said i wish i wish that uh shows did this a little bit more because i think it is a winning approach especially for for family entertainment you know I mean, I would watch it by myself. I don't need to watch it with my family, but I still think it would be it's it's a good approach to use. Now the show is romantic, but I don't want you to think this is like a Jane Austen style. There is a grounded nature to this show, you know. There is it is grounded and I'm going to go into some examples of why right now because I do think that is part of what separates the show. They talk about real-world examples, real-world issues. And at its core, this show is about animals. So animals and people and our relationship with animals. Because All Creatures is about the experience of a, of a vet, of a few veterinarians. And sort of the shift that took place in the 1920s and 30s to modern medicine. By the way, it's it's based off of an actual memoir. And so this this is an authentic show at its core as well. So some of the realistic kind of elements of this show or, or storylines, I should say, one is the proper way to treat animals in general. Like how do you discipline animals? How should you discipline animals? How should you treat animals? And I mean, most of us don't realize like in the 20s and 30s, they used a lot of harsh methods. And so this show basically challenges those harsh methods and makes people ask the question like you know what's pro what's appropriate and what's not appropriate i guess you could say in some ways it's like old science versus new science or old traditional ways versus the new scientific way so in that case in that sense you are getting history which i always love of course but it's being told in an in a nice way a way that really understands a traditional approach you definitely of course, you sympathize and you agree with most likely, especially if you're living in 2023, you're probably agreeing with the scientific approach, like giving medicine to an animal. But at the same time, I feel like this show does a good job of showing the farmer's perspective, showing how they have needs of their own. And they all, they, these people grew up in, in that certain time period, they were taught certain ways and you can't be too judgmental, really. You could disagree with them, but what I like about the show is it's not it's not too judgmental. And season season three, a good example of this is um a big focus on TB testing, which I would have never thought about before. But TB testing cows, and the uh, you know how vital that was, and it still is today, right? Because you can't be consuming milk from a TB positive cow and this this show really goes into that this in season three you know the farmers are scared because it could shut down their business their livelihood the main characters primarily James Harriet who is the main character the the author of the book in a sense uh, the central figure of the show he believes that every cow has to be tested right and if there's a positive test shut down the farm for a month or whatever and what's great again about this season and about this show is you get multiple perspectives. You you don't you don't get a show that shies away from the ethical conclusion that you know you have to test these cows, of course, but you also don't get a show that's just demonizing the farmer. You really get to see both perspectives. And I mentioned James Harriet a few times. He is at his core 
this really ethical, hardworking, empathetic to person towards people and animals. So he's a great protagonist to watch. You know, great for kids to watch, great for adults to watch. And you also have you have a few co-stars on this show who have a central roles as well because it's kind of about fa a family unit. And um, that's another thing that I love about this show. You get this family unit of people who are brought together, some through, some because they're related, others through uh, other means. And and that still, you know, they you bring together this family and you root for them to continue to be a family. So it's it's a wonderful show in many ways. So you have Siegfried, who is the, I guess, the one of the other main co-stars who is sort of like this micromanaging boss to the James character. And then he has a younger brother, Simon, who's lighthearted, kind of brings a comedic element to the show. They're all great. They play off of each other so well. The show just... The characters, I think that's one thing for a successful show. The characters have to play off of each other. You know, there has to be this, everyone is like a sports team. Everyone is playing a role, right? And, and that's what this show does. It, everyone plays a role. Everyone has that significant role to play, but also essential, you know, essential to the overall output, you know, the overall feeling of the show. So finally, there's Mrs. Hall who's kind of like a mother mother figure motherly figure to the the three characters another great character she's a she plays a big role in season 3 as a mother of a son who's going to uh, to to be fighting in world war 2 so that kind of brings me to one of my concerns i'm always concerned when a show kind of changes its uh its core essence and i i just hope that this show doesn't do that season 3 did not they, they they did a good job of incorporating World War II into the show, but I am a little concerned. My wife and I both got a little nervous when we were watching and they started to use more. You know, World War II becomes a big thing. Of course, it's the late 30s, early 40s, and it is based on a true story. So you can't ignore it. You can't avoid it. And I'm not asking for that, for sure. But I do think that the tone of a show has to change when, you know, war, whether it's World War I, II, the Civil War, it doesn't matter which war it is, Vietnam, any war will change the tone of the show. So I am a little concerned, you know, and I, I think a lot of All Creatures viewers are probably concerned as well because now that's a very subjective take, but that's just what it feels like because, you know, you've invested in this lighthearted, warm show, and then it could change to, you know, entering the, the horror, the agony of, of one of the worst wars, if not the worst war in human history. You know, I'll still watch it, because I'm really invested, but I, I do hope that the show maintains its core identity. I'm, I'm interested to see how it's going to do that because that's a challenge, right? How do you balance the world wars, in this case, World War II, with uh, the warm-hearted show that you just had? I don't know. I'm interested to see how season four looks, to see how they, how they engage with it because one of the characters is definitely entering the war. We know that for sure. So if you watch season three, it actually explored, it did explore the horrors of war, but it did so cautiously. So like there was an episode, it was kind of like a flashback episode, which was which was new to this show. So it was kind of cool to see, but it was a flashback of World War One. So the show covered, so the show takes place in World War Two, at least season three, but they did a flashback to 
to World War I because one of the central characters fought in World War I. But the whole point of that episode, because again, this is about humans and animals, the whole point of that episode was to look at the history of horses and how horses were treated. And the British basically, and I'm sure other countries did this as well, but this is a British perspective. The British killed many horses because they just didn't want to pay the money to ship them back. So they killed many horses after the war. And you could, like, the PTSD that the one of the characters had from it as a vet who worked with the horses, it was, it was really um, fascinating to watch. And I think an important perspective to see because you could you could you could see why he would have uh, PTSD from such a thing. You know the horses, by the way, in World War One. I, I did some research, which I think is a great thing about this show. It made me delve into like horses in World War One, and horses were an essential part of the war effort. They were they served as ambulances, they pulled supplies, carried medicine, carried food, carried weapons, and apparently, and this is just a staggering number. Eight to nine million horses died during World War One. I. I mean, I just imagine that. Eight to nine million horses died. I mean, we know tens of millions of people died during World War One, also, but eight to nine million horses died during the war. So this show, you know, through a quick Google search, you can find all that information. So, but my main point is that, you know, all creatures, it helped me see the significance of, of, of the horses, of the animal, and what they had to go through. So I, I never really thought of it, right? So that is a strength, I think, of the show. But again, it does make me a little nervous because I, uh, I'm afraid the show is going to change its core, its core identity. But let, let's see. Let's see how it goes. Another issue that the show made me reflect on is a little bit more universal. And I focus on it in my uh, AP US history class classes, uh, the issue of signing up for the draft. So this show really went into this a lot during the uh during the season, the guilt that the main character felt because he was in a job that was kind of like with COVID protected by, um, you know, it was too important basically to go fight in the war. And so, cause they needed vets, they needed vets on the domestic front. So the, the core conflict there with James and you know, whether or not he should sign up for the draft and also who gets drafted, who fights in wars. Season three, you know, took that very abstract issue of a draft of uh, who fights in wars, they made it very personal. And I, I appreciate that. I, I really do. Because even World War II with a, with a clear evil enemy in, in Hitler, so you know the motivation for fighting is obvious. It's clear. But at the same time, the main character, James, he just got married. He, his career is beginning to blossom, really. And you know that leads him to some very difficult decisions. And I appreciate the honesty of the show in that sense. I, I appreciate that. I think it's well done. And, uh, a, you know, a young man, if you think about it, an 18-year-old, and we, we usually we think about this with World War I a lot, right? The enthusiasm of the war where people were like, um, and even the Civil War where people were just excited and picnicking, you know, to watch the first battles. That enthusiasm, you might see that in a young man who is just itching to fight. But when you have a family and a career, you know, it's a real dilemma. And so like that issue, like most on all creatures, it's 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 skillfully handled. So I'm reading actually I'm reading a book right now. I'm finally almost done with it. I've been reading it for about <laughs> a year now, probably. It's called Crossroads. It's a big book, but it's 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 a great one. And I'll podcast on it eventually. 
but the book focuses on a similar topic, similar dilemma of the draft, but as it relates to the Vietnam War. And I did notice some sim some similarities. The challenge of being a young man, seeing other young men fighting, and how that makes you feel. Like, do you feel less masculine, like less of a man because of it? That comes up, you know, and even in a polarizing war like the Vietnam War, which Crossroads covers, it's still the same similar issues. So that's what I found fascinating as I was watching this is that similar issues seem to arise for young men, uh, especially when there's a draft, you know. I didn't feel that way during the Iraq War because I was a young man during that war and my brother fought, some of my best friends fought in that war. Um, but I think that, you know, when there's a draft, that might bring up some different feelings and emotions. I don't know. I wonder what you think about that. So let me conclude with this. If you're looking for a show that's warm, that has that that feel-good quality, this is the ideal show for you. It really is. It's 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 the masterpiece style, but you know, they have other shows like Sanditon right now, which I think is a good show. But all creatures takes it to another level, in my opinion. It takes it to another level. And you also get tons of history. You know, some of it's that standard World War One, World War Two stuff that you always see and History Channel documentaries, but most of it's local. And that's what I love about this. Like, I would have never thought about the the local farmer and how they treated their animals before modern medicine and the transition to modern medicine from um, the traditional ways. That really is a topic that, of course, you don't really hear about that in a history class, but this show covers it and it covers it well. So great show. I think you'd like it if you are interested in sort of a feel-good, warm show, or if you just like British shows, shows about animals. So great show. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Classics Podcast. I appreciate all the subscribers, all the new subscribers. Like usual, please share it with a friend. And I really appreciate you for listening. So thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.